Message from the General Secretary, a year of choices. This year will be another defined by the choices we make. If our nations were hospital patients most doctors would mark us all down as being in a bad way. Our recovery touch and go. But the position we find ourselves in is not down to others. It is down to our political actions. Things done in our name. This year could be a breaking point. Do we choose change? Or continue along the path of decline? We face many challenges. From inequality to low investment, a shrinking industrial base, crumbling public infrastructure, and a complete lack of economic planning. All ingredients that when mixed together deliver the same dish, decline. Up until this point, generations of parents could aspire to the same thing. That their children would go on to have longer and more prosperous lives than them. Not now. Inequality is growing. The wealth of the top 0.1% has almost tripled since the 1980s. Wages in real terms are lower now than they were in 1997. Our public services are being hammered. All while energy firms, banks, and many more cash in at our expense. Something is broken. But our political class are missing the point. Offering more of the same or tinkering at the edges. More political arm wrestling than substance. Fixating on the fate of small boats or debt ceilings is not going to fix a broken economy. We need to modernize the system itself. We need to change the culture and purpose of governance. That is what delivering different outcomes will require. Anything less and we risk throwing sand in each other's eyes while Rome burns. There is a fog of false perception. Free market dogma still reigns supreme in this country. No alternative is even considered. No matter the results. Political choices made in the 1980s have led to little more than a broken economy and an unequal, increasingly divided society. We need to change. That is why we want to see political slogans replaced by modern policy making. We want to see investment and economic security take center stage, not debt reduction and laissez-faire. We want to see redistribution and collective bargaining take the place of austerity and pay cuts. We want reform. Not for the city, but for workers and their families. Between 1970 and 1990, UK annual investment rates averaged 23.7% of GDP. This has now fallen to an average of just 17.9%. At the same time dividends for shareholders have risen. The choices we made have led to perverse outcomes. Profits for shareholders over jobs for workers. It's time to prioritise people. One example. Our steel industry is now verging on collapse, putting thousands of jobs at risk. It would cost £12 billion spread over a decade to revolutionise the industry, and this would pay for itself. The type of investment in a critical industry we need. During the 2008 crash our politicians did not hesitate to spray the banks with our cash-like confetti at a wedding. Public investment is possible, it's just a choice. But we also need security to go together with investment. Cash without fixed return or guarantee hasn't worked. Instead, as in other countries, we should take a stake in our critical industries at a time when global tensions are rising. Whatever happens next, let's hope that some different choices are finally made. Solidarity. Sharon. What have we delivered through collective bargaining? Unite members have won major deals this month across charities, food and drink, 
shipbuilding, logistics, and healthcare at Chivas Brothers. 500 Unite members have overwhelmingly accepted a 6.4% pay increase. The deal also includes a one-off £500 payment and a year two pay increase based on the average inflation figure over the course of the year running until July 2024. Chivas Brothers' previous offer was rejected by 97% of the members, which led to a ballot for industrial action. Potential disruptions to Chivas Brothers' production over one of its most profitable periods of the year soon brought Chivas Brothers back to the negotiating table. At Oxfam, over 500 workers have secured a 6% pay increase as well as a lump sum payment of £2,300. The pay increase came after Unite members at Oxfam took part in the first strike action in the organisation's history. At Camel Laird Shipyard in Merseyside, more than 400 Unite members have received an 8% increase on all rates of pay backdated to July 2023, a 2% increase in employer pension contributions, and a new 100% sick pay policy. The improved offer came after members voted for industrial action in response to a 5.5% pay offer from the employer, unacceptable during a cost-of-living crisis. At GXO and Green King, Unite members have secured a backdated pay increase of between 8% and 9.4% going back to July 2023, and a further 6% pay increase in April 2024. Workers were originally offered just 4%, meaning a real-terms pay cut. Strike action was announced for three separate occasions in November and December. The threat of industrial action soon made the employers reconsider their original offer. Eventually, the new and improved pay deal was accepted by members. No matter the size of your workplace branch, Unite members have shown time and time again that we can achieve significant improvements in jobs, pay, and conditions by taking collective action. Winning in the workplace. Willenhall ArcelorMittal strike ends after Unite secures 26% pay win. This month, strikes by steel workers employed by the steel giant ArcelorMittal in Willenhall, West Midlands, have ended after a significantly improved pay settlement was secured. The Willenhall factory produces steel coil and blanks that are used by companies such as Wittan Industries, GTEC, JLR, Toyota, Swindon Pressings, Nissan, Stadco, Certec. Keystone Lintels, and Legrand Electric. Unite members voted to accept a two-year pay deal, consisting of a 12% increase and part consolidation of the current bonus scheme. The result will see workers' basic guaranteed earnings increase by around 26%. The deal will also contain an element of backdated pay to April 2023 and the full adjustment applying from the start of January three months earlier than usual, as well an uplift to the annual health and safety bonus of £350. The company initially offered 7% to the workers, who earn an average of £11.24 per hour. The deal was secured after the workers took 34 days of strike action, from September 2023. Industrial action can deliver substantial gains. What's the cost of living? How fast is it rising? The retail price index. RPI, measure of inflation, currently stands at 5.2%, down a mere 0.1% from 5.3% the previous month. Last month's drop in headline inflation was portrayed as a good news story by politicians. In the real world, 
working people know all too well that falling inflation does not mean falling prices, and prices are still continuing to rise on the back of some of the highest increases in a generation. It has been over two and a half years since inflation rose above the government's target of 2%, and this is having a massive impact on real wages. If inflation had kept to the government's target, prices would now be about 5% higher than in March 2021, instead of the reality of over 27% higher. It is more urgent than ever that Unite members fight for RPI plus pay rises and resist the bosses' attempt to make workers pay the price for the profit-driven cost-of-living crisis. While overall inflation is just over 5%, the vital categories of clothing and footwear at over 13% and food at 8% are even higher than that. The cost of these items has a huge impact on workers' standard of living, as winter temperatures bite. Children's outerwear is 17.4% more expensive than a year ago, and women's outerwear is not far behind at 17%. In terms of food, oil and fats are over 19% more expensive than last year, pork has risen by nearly 15%, and processed vegetables are nearly 12% more expensive. Unite Investigates has shown that these increases are driven by profiteering in these sectors. Workers should not have to pay for the bosses' cost of greed crisis. By building power in the workplace and exposing employers' ability to pay, Unite members can continue to win at the bargaining table and mitigate the impact of high inflation. Is pay rising or falling in real terms? Profits have grown twice as fast as income in the last year. Most of the income generated in the economy flows to either workers, in the form of wages, salaries, and employers' social contributions, or to bosses, in the form of profits, the so-called labor share and profit share of GDP. You wouldn't know from listening to politicians and bosses that profits are growing far more quickly than wages. Workers' demands for decent pay are not behind the cost-of-living crisis, and Unite will continue to fully back our representatives and members in winning their fair share. At the moment, the profit share is growing at the expense of workers. The most recent period we have data for saw the labor share falling below 49% of GDP, with the profit share rising to 22.5% compared to 21.6% in 2022. Looking at the longer term, there was a major shift from labor to capital during the 80s and 90s, and a smaller shift back in the late 1990s, meaning workers are still getting a smaller share of national income than they did before the Thatcher era, after anti-trade union laws were introduced. Clearly there is plenty of scope in coming pay rounds for undoing some of the shift of income away from workers' pockets that has taken place in the last 50 years. Are the rich getting richer? The top 10% of individuals control nearly half of all the UK's wealth. Including the next 10% shows that the top 20% hold over two-thirds of the UK's wealth. Meanwhile, the bottom 50% of individuals hold just 6% of the wealth. Workers cannot wait for politicians to address this obscene wealth disparity. The most effective way of levelling the playing field is through collective bargaining, building workers' power, and winning in the workplace. Wealth is not just the ability to buy fancy things. It is the security of knowing that your household has the resources to deal with the unexpected, to save for the future, and to invest in the things you need. The two most important drivers of household wealth, home ownership and private pensions, have been in decline in recent years. Further widening the wealth gap, 
Home ownership is the largest component of household wealth in Britain, but home ownership rates have been in decline since 2003. Ownership has decreased from 71% in 2003 to 64% in 2021 and 22. Young people have seen the steepest declines in home ownership, dropping from 59% in 2003 to 41% in 2021 and 22. Private pensions are the second largest source of wealth, but more than 20% of all workers, and a quarter of private sector workers, have no workplace pension of any kind. A third of workers do not expect to have any retirement savings other than the state pension when they retire. Even when pension savings exist, only 7% of private sector workers have a defined benefit pension, which offers the most secure form of retirement income. Pension wealth is also yet another marker of huge inequality. As of 2020, the richest 10% of the population held almost twice as much private pension wealth as the other 90% of the population combined. The number of super wealthy individuals in the UK is forecast to grow by nearly 50% from 2017 to 2027. Going into pay negotiations we are often told there is no money and that the economy is struggling, and yet the numbers of ultra-high net worth individuals continues to grow at a record pace. The wealth is there, it now just needs to be distributed fairly. There are over 21,000 people in the UK with over $30 million in wealth, around 3,600 more than before the pandemic. It isn't just the very rich in general who have done exceptionally well in recent years, billionaires in particular have taken even more of the pie. During the pandemic, a time when millions were struggling, British billionaires saw their wealth soar by more than a fifth. Inequality experts warned of a dangerous gap between the richest and poorest in society as the number of billionaires in the UK reached a staggering 177. While the economy shrunk at its fastest pace in three centuries, the number of billionaires jumped 24%, and their combined wealth increased by 22%. An example is Sir Jim Ratcliffe, owner of chemicals giant Innos, who climbed to second in the UK rich list rankings with just under £30 billion. Petro Ineos, which is half-owned by Ineos, recently revealed plans to shut down its Grangemouth oil refinery, with hundreds of jobs put at risk. Our members have gone to ballot for action. So, while Sir Jim fattens his pockets, he is throwing the livelihoods of many Unite members at Grangemouth into uncertainty. Unite will continue to support our members at Grangemouth, we will not let billionaires get richer while our members suffer. Our terms and conditions getting better. The UK's legal minimum for sick pay is a measly £109 per week, one of the lowest rates in Europe. Work is a major cause of ill health. 1.8 million people suffered from a new or long-standing illness which they believed was caused or made worse by work last year. Despite the prevalence of work-related illness, many employers only pay statutoristic pay or SSP the legally required minimum that they have to pay to workers if they're too ill to work. SSP is a measly £109.40 per week and is only payable for up to 28 weeks. To put that in perspective, average weekly earnings across Great Britain are £663. Even a person working full-time for the minimum wage gets paid over three times more, £379 per week. When existing laws do not provide a safety net for workers, we must use our own power to force employers to fill the gap.
only collective bargaining can make work safe and ensure that workers are adequately taken care of if they get sick. What's more, SSP in the UK is one of the lowest provisions across the whole of Europe. In Germany, for example, workers on sick leave get full pay for six weeks, the equivalent to £663 per week from day one for the average worker, then 70% for up to 78 weeks. In fact, only Malta has worse sick pay provision than the UK and Europe. Not only is sick pay hopelessly inadequate, it's also not accessible for large numbers of workers. Neither the UK's 4 million self-employed workers, nor employees earning less than £123 per week, are entitled to sick pay. Up to 2 million people fall into the latter category. Workers on zero-hour contracts also find it extremely hard to claim SSP. Politicians can't be relied on to boost SSP. During COVID-19, the government slightly improved sick pay by paying it from day one of illness. However, they've subsequently rolled back on this and now only pay it from day four. Now they're making the system even more punitive by forcing people with long-term health conditions into unsuitable work by threatening them with benefit sanctions. Meanwhile, the Labour Party has ditched its pledge to raise sick pay rates if it is elected with politicians looking after employers' interests rather than workers. The only tried and tested solution to inadequate sick pay is for workers to take the issue into their own hands through collective bargaining. Unite members have secured major wins that have boosted the sick pay provided by employers well above the legal minimum. In August 2022, for example, following a campaign by Unite, the construction giant Keir Group agreed to implement sick pay of up to £100 per day for 19,000 Keir Group workers, with sick pay awarded from day one of illness. Other agreements negotiated by Unite see workers receive their full basic contractual salary, plus any annualised allowances, for up to 40 weeks. Sick pay being paid from first day of absence, and sick pay being set at three times the statutory rate. Unite has developed several tools to support reps in negotiating deals which make sure members are properly taken care of when they become unwell. How are different demographic groups being impacted? Unite's Equality's strategy highlights the need for action, not words. As the first woman to hold the position of Unite General Secretary, Sharon Graham is no stranger to facing barriers at work. Equalities is now firmly at the centre of Unite's industrial strategy. This not only stems from an acknowledgement that the culture of our union needs to adapt in order for underrepresented groups of workers to be fully included, but also from a recognition that equalities issues are bargaining issues. Sharon Graham's manifesto commits our union to introduce dedicated budgets for each strand of equalities, develop an overarching plan containing specific aims and targets, Ensure that each industrial bargaining plan agreed by industry combines and ratified at sector conferences contains specific commitments related to equalities. Open a dedicated development centre for our workplace activists who also belong to our equalities sector. Produce a series of bargaining guides, templates and advice dedicated to equalities issues, including, period dignity, menopause, and fibromyalgia. Dedicate resource to organizing employers and sectors with the highest density of women, BAEM, LGBT+, disabled and youth workers. Introduce translation services, including up-to-date equipment for simultaneous translation, 
to ensure every member can be fully involved in the democracy of our union. Unite's equality strategy is therefore intimately linked with Unite's bargaining agenda. Unite negotiators can place equalities issues on the bargaining table. This is not an abstract point, but a practical one for all Unite members, regardless of background. Winning on equalities issues is nearly always good for the entire workforce. For example, winning family-friendly policies and improved flexible working arrangements has the potential to be of huge benefit to every worker. Blatant and deliberate discrimination is illegal and, thankfully, rare in 2024. However the implementation of, for example, an ethnicity pay gap audit, may reveal that BAEM people are disproportionately employed in lower-paying roles, meaning that they are paid less on average. This can be used to argue for a pay uplift for a particular grade, and for better progression schemes from lower to higher paying roles. There have also been many examples of Unite winning in the workplace on equalities issues through collective bargaining. Unite representatives at National Express succeeded in securing the same rights for union equality representatives as for other representatives in their recognition agreement. Workers at Nissan won an increase in paternity allowance as part of pay negotiations, as well as a designated room for nursing parents. Nissan also agreed to provide sanitary products at work. Unite representatives at National Express succeeded in securing the same rights for union equality representatives as for other representatives in their recognition agreement. A pay deal at Babcock in the engineering sector secured a package of more inclusive leave elements, which included the introduction of carers' leave of up to one week each year. Additionally, IVF pay was introduced, while paternity and maternity pay was raised to equalize with workers' tube transferred from the Ministry of Defense. Unite Equalities representatives can play a vital role in bringing equalities issues to the bargaining table and driving our campaigns forward. Electing and securing recognition for an equalities rep is not only an important way of holding the employer to account, but also of broadening the union organization on the shop floor. It is a good opportunity to involve more members in bargaining, build the confidence of members without prior negotiating experience, and increase the amount of facilities time available to the union overall. Unite also regularly campaigns on equalities issues, and these campaigns are designed to be carried into the workplace. For example, Get Me Home Safely promotes women's safety, but is designed to benefit all workers traveling home late, especially those in service occupations working around alcohol and the general public. Priorities and policies relating to equality issues are set democratically by our members at our triennial policy conference and at dedicated conferences for women, BAEM workers, LGBT plus workers, disabled workers, and young workers. What is going on in the world of corporate finance? Unite is winning support for its campaign against the proposed merger of 3 and Vodafone which threatens 1,600 jobs and large increases in mobile phone bills. One major merger on the horizon is the proposed combination of the UK operations of the mobile operators 3 and Vodafone. This is a classic example of a merger posing significant risks to workers and consumers, with only the campaigning of Unite to ensure that their interests are protected. For the companies, the merger represents an opportunity to boost profits by enabling job cuts and huge price increases. Research by Unite has revealed that the merger could result in up to 1,600 job losses and the price of mobile bills increasing by £300 per year. In December, 
unites Land 3 for paying out a record £2 billion in dividends, whilst simultaneously arguing that the merger is needed to keep the company afloat. Unite is building a growing campaign in opposition to the merger, with over 40 MPs supporting us. After months of campaigning by Unite, politicians are starting to wake up to the risks posed by the deal. It was the anti-workal actions of Three's parent company, the Hong Kong-based conglomerate CK Hutchison, which brought the merger to the attention of Unite in the first place. During legal industrial action by Unite members at the port of Felixstowe in 2022, the company sacked four Unite reps on trumped-up charges. Prior to being victimised, the Felixstowe 4 had worked at the port for a combined total of over 100 years. This was a straightforward attempt to break organisation at the port through intimidation. Unite will always defend our reps, and the victimisation of the Felixstowe 4 is being actively resisted by the union. This type of anti-union management, coupled with job cuts, will be a hammer blow for three and Vodafone workers if the merger goes ahead. Without Unite's campaigning, politicians wouldn't care about the risks posed by the merger, and the treatment handed out to the Felixstowe 4 would go unchallenged. Only collective action by Unite members can ensure that mergers don't threaten the interests of workers, and that anti-union activity by bad employers is resisted. Companies are cashing in through mergers and acquisitions, which could impact Unite members. Mergers and acquisitions are often bad news for workers at the companies that are involved. These business deals invariably come with risks to jobs or significant changes to industrial relations within a company, developments that require the active engagement of union members to ensure our rights, jobs, pay and conditions are protected. A merger occurs when two companies voluntarily decide to join forces and become a single entity. Acquisitions on the other hand occur when one company buys another, gaining control over its operations, assets and brand. Mergers and acquisitions should be a red flag for workers to organise to protect the gains they have made, secure job protection agreements, and make sure Unite has a voice in any coming changes. If an employer is making acquisitions it can also be a sign that they have a clear ability to pay, or are moving into new business sectors. When a company combines with a competitor, either through a merger of equals or by snapping up smaller players in the industry, it hopes to enjoy a number of advantages such as increased market share to control prices, the ability to cut certain operations and as such cut jobs, and better access to finance. Several mergers and acquisitions that could impact Unite members were announced this month. The UK water company Pennon Group has acquired Sutton and East Surrey Water from its Japanese owners for £89 million. The deal demonstrates the continued appetite for UK water companies, which employ thousands of Unite members among investors. This is despite water companies being accused of paying out excessive dividends and pay packages, while simultaneously presiding over major leakage and pollution failures and whilst taking on huge amounts of debt. The 17 private water companies in England and Wales paid out £1.4 billion in dividends in the year to March 2023, while debt rose from £60 billion to £68 billion. With the sector under scrutiny, further ownership shake-ups can be expected. Whatever happens, we must ensure that jobs, pay and conditions are defended, and that inflation-beating pay increases for our members are prioritised over dividend payouts to shareholders. Another example is the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund Anardian, 
could further increase their stakes in Heathrow. Last month, we reported there had been an ownership shakeup of the UK's busiest airport, Heathrow, with the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund, PIF, taking a 10% stake and the French private equity firm Ardian taking 15%. It has since emerged that PIF and Ardian could further increase their stakes in Heathrow. The price PIF and Ardian paid for the 25% stake, £2.4 billion, is reportedly seen as very attractive by other shareholders. Some estimate the price is 70% over Heathrow's valuation. Unite has thousands of members who could be directly or indirectly affected by any corporate restructuring or change of strategy at Heathrow. We will ensure that in any deal, our members' pay and terms and conditions are not eroded away. Finally, the Cooperative Bank has entered exclusive talks to merge with Coventry Building Society. Last month, we reported that one of Britain's most well-known and long-running retail and commercial banks, the Cooperative Bank, is currently eyeing up its future options. It has been revealed that the Cooperative Bank has entered exclusive talks to merge with the UK's third-largest building society by assets, Coventry Building Society. Combined, the deal would result in combined assets of £90 billion. The Cooperative Bank has 2,700 staff, hundreds of whom are Unite members. The banking services offered by the Cooperative Bank are vital for millions of workers up and down the country, where previous technical issues left many unable to buy food or pay their rent. If the deal does go ahead, we must ensure pay and conditions are defended and no workers are thrown to the scrap heap due to restructuring. Unite will be there every step of the way to hold them to account for our members.